0: Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast.
1: Well, good morning, everyone. You're tuned to Community Radio 3CR. Time is just after 7.30 and, of course, it's time for the 3CR Gardening Show. My name's Pam Vardy and in the studio this morning we have A.B. Bishop. Morning, A.B. Oh, good morning, Pam. Good morning, listeners. Lovely to be here. Uh, John Arnott, who's <laughs> Director of Horticulture at, uh, now I see we've got a new name, John.
2: Royal Botanic Gardens Victoria. Victoria. Which yep.
1: covers Melbourne and Cranbourne. And Cranbourne
2: and the Plant Sciences Branch. Ah. And, and our urban, um, the Australian Centre for Urban Ecology Right, it, which is also a branch of the um, Royal Botanic Gardens Victoria. Okay, yeah,
3: that yes. sounds like something we're going to have to discuss today.
2: Yeah, indeed, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> Good.
4: And
1: also, I'm delighted that we have Loretta Childs back in the studio. Morning, Loretta. Good morning, everyone in here and everyone out there. <laughs> okay, well let's let's have a chat about um, Botanic Gardens Victoria because sure. it, it is a big move, isn't it, to put it all under the one umbrella?
2: It's um. It's it, – absolutely it is. And it's a, a really good thing, really logical thing to do. Um, it's, it's Tim Entwistle coming in. Right. You know, Tim's been with us now for, I'm thinking, approaching two years.
1: I would yeah. say, yes.
2: And, and you know, that's on the back of Phil Moore's being in the, the chief executive role for, you know, 20-odd years. Yep. Um, and, you know, it's kind of one of those natural things that happen with when CEOs come in, they assert – um, you know, different influences and 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 place different emphases on, on, on on elements. I mean, Phil's big agenda for the Royal Botanic Gardens was, um, well, the Cranbourne Gardens was was you know that was the really big thing mm. Open, opening up the Australian Garden at Cranbourne was, you know, Phil's um, legacy project. Oh yes. Um, Tim, um, uh, Tim, we've we've refreshed our vision, our mission, our values. Um, you know, we have and we have a very very. Uh, um well it's the same same, but different you know we we're, we're not throwing out the baby with the bath water because you know Phil was such a great chief executive and director, but um you know tim's come come in with a fresher um you know vi- vision and mission the, the, our our vision's good um it's a statement that says that life is sustained and enriched by plants, which is a nice. Statement. Quite broad. Yes. Quite broad. Yep. <laughs> Our mission is a cracker. Um, every interaction that you have with the Royal Botanic Gardens of Victoria will I- enhance your appreciation and understanding of plants. Wow. Now, how's that for a, an agenda for a botanic garden? <laughs> so if you have an interaction with the Royal Botanic Gardens of Victoria, be it me as the manager of horticulture or someone at the shop or someone at the cafe, that there's an opportunity there to enhance people's appreciation, understanding knowledge of plants, plant increase plant literacy.
3: Oh, I'm, it's so true, isn't it? I mean... Either the Botanic Gardens in Melbourne or Cranbourne are both so stunning. We had international visitors staying with us for a while, and one of the things I suggested on their itinerary is to go for a ride around the Botanic Gardens, nice. and they did. And they spent quite a few hours there. Neither of them are horticulturalists, but, boy, did they come back raving about it. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah, so yeah. They, they really enjoyed themselves. And so I think anybody that goes is going to be touched by plants, aren't
2: they? Yeah, okay. indeed, indeed. Yeah. But we've we've kind of embedded that into our... Philosophy, um, that it might just not happen by chance. It'll happen because um, you know we're we're uh, almost a little bit idealistic. Like we've got an agenda at, at the Royal Botanic Gardens, um, Victoria Cranbourne Gardens, that we can increase the appropriate use of Australian native plants in urban. Landscapes, so that's 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 kind of the, that's our byline, if you like, is mm. you know increasing the appropriate use of of native plants in people's gardens. That's a, that's another really terrific agenda. But the move to Victoria was um, um, it was a little bit about the confusion of uh, the the two site thing, the Melbourne Gardens and the Cranbourne Gardens. But the Royal Botanic Gardens Victoria, Cranbourne Gardens, kind of fits nicely, and it, it also speaks to the role of the Botanic Gardens, Royal Botanic Gardens Victoria, in supporting regional botanic gardens across the state. And, you know, I've said on the show a, a number of times that we have this wonderful depth uh, and diversity of regional botanic gardens in Victoria, and they're not all managed by the Royal Botanic Gardens Victoria at all, but certainly supported through um, really active participation in the Botanic Gardens Network. Mm-hmm. Um, so what we I mean, really great botanic gardens are botanic gardens that form hubs, you know, community hubs, social hubs, horticultural hubs, yep. environmental hubs. Yep. Um, so you know, the whole Victoria thing is, is about being the, um, the the hub for regional botanic gardens and and for plants. Yeah, and yeah.
3: you know, John, last year, um, oh, actually it might have been early this year, February this year, Loretta and I travelled up to Alice Springs and we were at the Alice Springs Desert Park. Isn't it fantastic? It's quite incredible. Yeah. And not only is it just such a stunning amenity sort of area, but it's also an educational facility and yep. a research facility and they, they put a lot of emphasis on um, data collection for the plants yep. that they're bringing in from the water. I'm just wondering if, if Cranbourne... Goes down that track at all from a research point
2: of view. Uh, Look, I think that's the thing. That's the distinction between a a botanic garden and a high quality public park. I mean, you could look at a high quality public park and it has all the visual hallmarks of of a botanic garden. You know, well maintained, a bit of diversity. I guess the thing that I mean, there's a dictionary definition of what makes a botanic garden a botanic garden, and that's that kind of documented collections. So it's that documentation of uh, living plant collections for some really specific purposes, for conservation, for research, for science, purely for display, and that's legitimate as well, um, for interpretation mm. and for, you know, gaining understanding. So, um, yeah, there's more layers to a, to a botanic garden, and it is about the, 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 the science, the research, the documentation, um, that uh, they're the things that really... They're the distinction, I think, between a high-quality public park and a botanic garden. It's to the, it's the level to the extent that the plant collections are actively curated. Mm. You know, we understand that a, a, a gallery is a curated space. It's, you know, the, the, the artworks are there for really specific purposes and there's a, a philosophy and a, um, a, a mechanism for acquiring the, the, the works of art and, and disposing of the works of art. And there's a way that they get hung on the wall and, you know, actively curated. We're, I mean, we were doing the same... Um, with plant collections, we're actively curating them, so making yeah. decisions about how, they, how they're arranged, how they're recorded and documented, how they're accessed and yeah. um, all of that. Yeah, yeah. and yeah.
3: At, at Desert Park, you'll probably remember, Loretta, that yeah. they record everything digitally. Yeah. you know, And they don't want any homogenisation of plants, so they're very careful with what crossbreeds with what. Yep. And, yep. Oh, yeah, yeah. 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 No, I thought it was quite,
5: quite incredible with um, the layers – that yeah. they work through to yep. It's of a level beyond just something that's a bit of theatre. Yeah. Oh, yes. It's, it's really oh, yes. quite... But the theatre being, I thought, was fantastic... When you go into that movie,
2: <laughs> isn't and that I amazing? Mean, if if
5: anyone, wherever they come from, isn't just blown away oh, yeah. by, let me out of here, I've just got to go. I mean, AB and I sat there weeping. <laughs> it was just the three of us, you it know, Gary <laughs> from Desert Park, and we're going, oh my God. Uh, was, we have to get out of
2: there. So, and what the, the experience that we're talking about is with you sit in a, a theatre, and there's, you know, it's kind of a documentary about the West Macdonald Ranges and the deserts yeah. of Australia. And at the end of the show, the screen parts and what and there's a window behind the screen and what you're doing is you're looking out onto the onto the actual West MacDonald ranges. Yeah. So it's, what uh, was
3: in the film is suddenly right there in front of you. So you're transported from this documentary yeah. which you've been, you know, taken away by for half an hour and ensconced in the world of yes. of deserts. native plants and deserts yeah. and everything and then this enormous curtain well, opens it's like and it's, if you if anyone goes to the drive-in, it's the yeah. size of a drive-in. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, right. That's yeah. how big it is. And they've, it's ha- they've had to do that so that when the curtain opens, you get right the in front scale. You, you get the scale of these wow. majestic McDonald Rangers. Yeah, it's
2: yeah. a it's a fabulous experience. Yeah. I was really fortunate. I was there for the opening of the Desert Park uh, a, a while ago. Now so I think you know it was. Gary. In, I know Gary yeah. well. Yeah, okay. and I know the the kind of the philosophy that sits behind the park. Yeah. And the fantastic thing is that they have not shifted. So um, they set up to be a um, – well, they called them bioparks at the time, so biological parks. So the botanic garden elements of the, of the plant collections, the kind of the museum – artifact, interpretation, layering of inf- information, and of course the, the, the zoo elements of, of the captive animal. So mm-hmm. it was a little bit like a zoo, a little bit like a botanic garden, and a little bit like a museum. Yeah, and bringing
3: of, those cultural elements in which are and, so important. And then, and then the cultural elements, yeah. yeah and, that, the uh, and the different habitat systems. of the fauna. Yeah. I mean, yeah.
5: The fauna, the fauna, is fauna
2: is yeah, the yeah. Bird, the bird show is, is just Just wonderful. Amazing, yeah. So it... it and the nice thing about the park, I mean, I haven't seen it in, in recent, recent times, um, but it's uh, it's grown. It was pretty raw when I first saw it. But, you know, my understanding is that now it actually the, – the, 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 the salt, the constructed salt pan looks like a salt pan. Yeah. And, and the forest systems look like forest systems yeah. and the Mulga woodlands look like Mulga woodlands. And they've done a fantastic job of um, kind of reinterpreting – yeah. Reconstructing and those ecosystems.
3: One of the things that really struck me in the park was um or in Alice Springs generally was the desert, uh, the, um, what are the the desert rivers yes. with yeah. the you know hundred year old eucalyptus camellia chame- Yeah. And um, as Gary was saying, you know it takes a hundred years to get a hundred year old um, red gum. So yep. that what they've done is they've planted a huge swathe of them, and then over time they'll slowly they'll thin, thin them yeah, out and, yeah. and, and, and select the, the best varieties.
2: Because that kind of happens in nature, doesn't it? After floods, flood events, you'll get yeah. this hundreds of thousands of seedlings that in a hundred or a hundred fifty or two years, 100, a couple of hundred years, there might only be two of them left. Mm. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: And what I loved about it also, and I was talking to a couple of horticulturalists earlier in the week, is that in in the amenity garden section, which is around the information centre, everything's you know pruned and looked after beautifully. But in the main section, um, they throw they don't bother taking in secateurs, You know, plants get pruned with boots and um you know yeah. branches get ripped out of trees just because they want that really wild natural look yeah.
2: well that's i mean that's the art of of zoo horticulture um is to make things look as natural as they possibly can um it's uh it's a really interesting style of horticulture zoo horticulture yeah um, and again I was fortunate to be there at the kind of the start of this 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 trend for you know zoos doing naturalistic enclosures um, the Alice Springs Desert Park took it, took it to a whole new level. Yeah, have uh, you been there recently? Uh, no, it's oh, yeah. probably um, oh, it's within the last ten years, but yeah. not in the, within yeah. the last couple. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
5: And once again, the dedication. I mean, Barry's uh, his integrity is of a level that you, is unquestionable. You, you can't question it. No. Yeah. Thirty years on, and he's just as dedicated as he was when he first took it on. Yeah, which yeah. Is yeah. phenomenal.
2: <coughs> yeah, it's a cracking place. It yeah. really is. It's um, it's one of Australia's great. Uh, landscapes mm. yeah. well we
5: yeah, were fortunate for sure. um to be there a week before i think there were incredible rains okay so we just had that little bit of an edge of things really looking
3: yeah and fabulous after the heat and yeah the rain event i love it how yeah. they call so it, the it the didn't rain, th- rain no, but they no, have a rain, rain event yep. <laughs> yeah yep.
5: big event upside,
1: upside down rivers absolutely
2: yeah yeah it's a great place
1: fantastic mm. Mm. John, while we're, we're talking um, botanic gardens, I want to um, get back to Cranbourne um, specifically, yeah, because um, Cranbourne are, are trying to develop um, a new master plan. We are, and yep. you're asking actually for public input into that.
2: Exactly, yeah. So, so um, it's been twenty years again since um, we've we've. Uh, uh, refresh the master plan, um, and you know, certainly the master plan that we had twenty years ago we 've delivered on in, in in many respects you know we 've started to manage the ecological values of the, of the site really well for the last twenty years and we 've constructed the Australian garden and the woodland picnic area and the stringy bark picnic area, so some of those key things that we said we would do twenty years ago have been achieved mm-hmm. Um, so what we're doing now is uh, is um, we're pinning a new master plan. So we're saying, okay, well, all, all of that's been completed. What does the next five, ten, fifteen years look like at the Royal Botanic Gardens, Cranbourne? So, uh, and, and to that end, we're really, really interested in, in, in a community consultation. We've um, engaged a company called, <clears throat> excuse me, Bang the Table. <laughs> <clears throat> Which I think is a great, plant, uh, great plant name, great company name, um, and they're running an online uh, community consultation process. Uh, so, uh, f- absolute opportunities f- um, for, for people to, to go onto the website and um, you know share the big idea that people people have for Cranbourne. Share any concerns I have about the way the place, places you know looks or being managed, or you know things we like about Cranbourne, things we we'd like to see at Cranbourne and, you know, kind of big ideas. So wonderful opportunities for for, um, for 3CR Gardening Show folks to, mm. to have a say in um, uh, in the future of the Royal Botanic Gardens Victoria Cranbourne. Yes. yes. Do, you yes. Think, do you think you'll still
3: continue with those smaller display garden areas Look, near the front?
2: Uh, the... the the master plan is likely to um, glance at the Australian garden, um, but maybe look at the be- at the balance of the site. so it, it, it really is um, um, it's not restricted to that at, at all, but um, the Australian Gardens kind of uh, in, in terms of a, um, a landscape it's, um, we'd be modifying it at the edges. Um, because the Taylor Left Lane Design is just so strong mm. that that you know that that has to be honoured into the into the future. Yes, um, the master plan is. Um the rest so, so, of the so, it's site. not it's not that's Incorporating
1: right. Incorporating the whole thing as one I, exactly unique so area. So, so yeah. it's not
2: exclusive, yeah. and, and there's certainly opportunity for people to have ask, have make comments about the Australian Garden certainly. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's it really is what happens to the rest of the site. You know, access and you know we're we're about to get um, uh, Botanic Ridge, which is a, a new suburb, which will basically um, occupy that the whole mm-hmm. southern boundary of the of the of the site. Okay. Um, So within the next 15 years, the RBG Cranbourne will be, you know, pretty much ringed by suburbs. Um, In that, there's all sorts of challenges, but there's all sorts of opportunities as well to actually connect with an emerging community at Mm. at, at our boundaries. Mm. So, you know, the master plan will consider things like, do we need second and third entrances? we need to build on, on existing you know, children's playgrounds and, um, you know, what Car a, parking. A, a, a car parking and, and, and vehicle circulation yes. and, and those types of things. Yes. Um, all, of those, all of those things. And there's a really interesting tension between developing the site further... and and managing it for its biodiversity values. Yes. Because it's a very special site for biodiversity values. You know, over 20 species of native mammals on site. Um, What's the area, John? uh, It's nearly 1,000 acres, so 360 Mm. hectares. So it's a big, big site. Mm. Um, So how
5: much of that's developed at this stage? 15
2: hectares of of, of that is the Australian garden. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Um, The master plan, of course the master plan will say the conservation zone it needs to be managed for its conservation values and I'm sure there'll be a, a whole range of ecological restoration prompts and activities which will be happening, you know, perhaps getting a net gain in terms of um, uh, biodiversity Conservation on site, mm. um, but yeah, you know, all sorts of ideas are, are coming through. Some of them are a bit wacky. Um, some of them <laughs> well, are really you'd
3: expect that, really, wouldn't you? Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> yeah. That's but
2: th- this is not the time for to be constrained by absolutely. no by, not. By I mean, wacky they ideas. I want people
3: to
1: think beyond the square. Don't absolutely, yes, yeah, yeah absolutely. Creative,
2: so yeah. you know, so ideas like um, why don't we have a s- Botanic gardens have struggled to engage with youth. Um, it's kind of the we get them as little kids and we get them as older people and you know get them uh, we we get them that's how we, <laughs> we engage actively with um, with with little kids and we engage acti- acti- actively with you know young adults and people that are building houses and you know we're not quite the McDonald but we're not quite the McDonald's cradle to grave no and, right. and and we could be but there's a whole like youth are really difficult to engage in. Um, uh, in Botanic Gardens, so you know this is the thought about having a, a skate park in there, or a, or a, uh, a, a an area which is um, going to um, attract fifteen and sixteen year old um, youth mm. who are interested in skating. I love Yeah, I think it's okay. Yeah, no, I think it's okay.
5: Invite the enemy. Yeah <laughs> I mean it's obvious isn't it because that's that's how you get people yeah. you invite the enemy and then they sort of surrender as as they're sort of engaging it's, it's I
3: always wonderful. think with skate parks, they always put in very out of the way places, yeah, they do. rather than being engaged with the local community. And I yeah. think that some of these kids are so talented. Like I want to sit there and watch them. <sighs> yeah. I want to photograph them. You know, I think you know, have it close by so they can show off and people can see their skills. Well,
2: the skate park in Alexander Gardens, you know, the big skate park in LA, it's, it's quite incredible. Yeah, it's incredible, and the, like the skill. But you know, it's also um, you know we know that we've got a, 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 um, that kind of screen uh, obsession with 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 youth. I mean, skate parks are a really active physical thing, and, mm. you know, botanic gardens are about um, encouraging nature play and encouraging people to get out of doors and encouraging people to be active. Mm. Um, so, you know, I wouldn't rule that out, uh, the, the skate park idea, but they're, they're the kind yes. of things which mm. are coming in. Yes. So there's kind of left of centre ideas, you know, let's talk about a cafe or eco-village or, yes. um, you know, glamping facilities and all, right. all of those ideas are yeah. starting to are starting to come through. Someone's even said a golf course down on our <laughs> southern southern boundary. I don't think that'll get up. No. Because I from,
5: car park isn't yeah. sort of taking precedence. Yeah. Yeah. Really <laughs> from a formal point
3: of view, it's a little bit disappointing that the whole park's going to be ringed. And I'm just hoping that there's some <clears throat> habitat corridor still lingering.
2: There are. We've been at the table with the Growth Area Authority for a long time, uh, Chris, and, Chris Russell and Jill Berness, yep. our Landscape Planner and Director. Um, and uh, there are – there's a couple of – there's at least – two, but uh, active biolinks, sort of radial biolinks away from the site. Um, so we're not going to quite be landlocked, um, but still, um, in- increasingly, will become an island. Um, but an island which has got you know its porous boundaries to a point. Yeah, because yeah. you
3: have—is it a rare bandicoot?
2: There There's a or southern, southern big, yeah. big population of southern brown yeah. bandicoots, and yeah. it's the biggest, robustest um, population around. Um, and ideally there's habitat connectivity with bandicoots which are outside our boundary. Otherwise you get all sorts of issues with inbreeding. And oh, yes. Yeah, it becomes a captive population, yep. um, which which is no good. Yep. You know, yep. you need to actually actively manage that. So our boundaries will remain porous, um, but there are some challenges with uh, urban development at our doorstep. Mm. Yeah.
5: And don't you – sorry, I was just going to say oh. that engagement once again with the youth is particularly when you incorporate fauna and uh, I think it's a natural thing for youth, children, all of us. We, we respond to fauna particularly, yep. mm. the koala, mm. yep. the this or that. And so there's also those links yep. that I think could be really amazing encouragement. Can you look out for? Can you watch out for? Mm. Can you yep. sort of engage? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, really
2: absolutely. Positive. Yep, yep. So, it really, um, the, the consultation is open. Uh, the website is active and and, and live, uh, and it's going to be open until the fifteenth fifteenth of January. January, yeah. Yep. So we've still got a little bit of time. But yep. I'd absolutely encourage three CR gardening show listeners to jump on and let us know what you think.
1: Okay, I'll just give out the um, the actual Thanks. website, John. Um, Cranburn Master Plan, all one word, dot rbg dot dot gov. AU. That's it. So Cranburn Master Plan dot rbg dot And as I say, that is open to uh, any suggestions, any comments you want to make up until the 15th of January.
5: Brilliant.
1: So, yes, hopefully a few other people will, um, particularly if they've been down there and and experienced, um, you know, the whole park and not just the Australian garden but been into some of the other picnic areas or... Walk to the big lookout, yep. or you know, uh, be great to have that feedback.
2: Yeah, and be interested to you know for what sort of plants want, do want the people want us to, to grow. Are there particular collections that people might think be interesting, or you know, horticultural directions, horticultural focus? Yeah, love to hear. Yep. it's um uh yeah. So it open and encourage folks to jump on board.
1: Absolutely. Now I better get to a few community announcements. Um, Firstly, uh, friends of the Melton Botanic Garden, talking about our regional botanic gardens, um, have got a nursery open day today. Uh, It's going to be open from 10 o'clock this morning through till 4 o'clock this afternoon. Uh, So there'll be uh, mainly native varieties, but there will be some uh, succulent and herbaceous plants there. They're all drought-tolerant and they can all be seen in the Melton Botanic Garden so, uh, the nursery then is going to be closed uh, after Christmas until mid-January, so this is a great opportunity to purchase some plants. Um, now, the address is 21 Williams Street in Melton. Uh, prices are going to be $4 uh, for 70 millimetre pots and $6 for 90 millimetre pots, and they've also got uh, $5 bales of straw for garden mulch. So, uh, if you're trying to get on top of the garden at the moment, um, that's an ideal way of grabbing some great plants um, and some mulch.
2: And supporting a, a, a great and su- cause. Yes,
1: yeah. and by <coughs> oh, gee, they've done a lot of work at oh. Melton, haven't yeah. they? Yeah,
2: absolutely. They're um, doing some fantastic work down there.
1: Very active friends group. Yeah. yeah. Very... Well the whole
2: thing is yeah. I- is really pivotal on the on the on the friends. Absolutely. Their Eucalyptus arboretum is really well thought out. It's looking fantastic. Mm. It's uh they're doing some wonderful work down there.
1: Excellent. Okay, now today is also of course the first Sunday in the month. So uh Villa Alba have got their open day. Uh Villa Alba of course is out at 44 Walmart Street in Kew. Uh, the Historic House and the RJ Hamer Heritage Garden will be open uh, 1 o'clock this afternoon through till 4 o'clock. Admission is $10, uh, $8 concession and children are free. Afternoon tea, of course, is available with a $3 donation. Also on uh, today uh, is um, a botanical um, imagination ex. Exhibition. Now this is uh, being run by the Friends of Geelong Botanic Gardens. Uh, it's open 10am this morning through until 4 o'clock this afternoon and this is a unique exhibition uh, offering a contemporary approach dedicated to the study of the gold leaf technique. Which of course is centuries old. Uh, the students, um, have been working on this right throughout the year down at Geelong Botanic Gardens. And now the, uh, these original artworks and botanic art merchandise will be on sale at this exhibition. Uh, now, uh, they can only take cash no cards if uh, people are wanting to purchase anything from the exhibition it's in the geelong botanic gardens meeting room parking is in the car park next to the friends nursery which is at the rear of the gardens and the car park gates will close at four o'clock now also coming up uh, friends of burnley gardens have got a christmas plant sale as well this is wednesday the 9th of December. So next Wednesday, 12 o'clock through till 3 o'clock in the afternoon, they've got a range of native, exotic and produce plants. The location is outside the main building, Burnley Campus. Uh, There's paid parking on the Yarra Boulevard, Melway's Map 45. And uh, if you want to go to the website of the Friends, um, which is www fobg.org.au. you can see the full plant list of what they have at the sale now we should also mention ab that you've got a special talk and a book launch next sunday yes i hope you've got the details <laughs> over yes, there. yes we have <laughs> <laughs> going, oh dear i
4: forgot my papers <laughs> <laughs>
1: 12 o'clock uh, sorry 2 o'clock oh, through to <laughs> three... used to yeah, me yeah <laughs> 2 o'clock through to 3:30 yep down at uh, uh, at Cranbourne Gardens. Uh, now, there is a cost to this because it's going to
3: be afternoon tea as well. Well, the cost is mostly for the talk. If people come to okay. the book launch and afternoon tea, that's free, but um, it's the talk, which is $20.15 and, and 15 for um, Royal Botanic Garden Cranbourne members. Okay,
1: that's fine. So you do need to book. Um, so uh, uh, you need to book and prepay. The number to call for bookings is not uh five double nine zero double two double zero i'll read that again five nine nine zero double two zero zero
3: and um
2: and the book a b is called
3: the Australian Native Garden, A Practical Guide by yeah. myself and Angus Stewart. <laughs> and it's a fantastic yeah. book. Angus had a little bit to do with it. It's yeah. absolutely yeah. fantastic. It's a, it is a river. Congratulations. It's,
2: yeah, a, it's, it's a river of yeah. a river book.
1: So it's a great opportunity to go and hear not only A.B. speak but also um, Angus, Angus Stewart yeah. who's such a knowledgeable person. He's I, done so much in, in terms of breeding Australian native plants. Yeah. So um, it should be a wonderful day. So that's next Sunday. Yes, so people, you need to jump on the phones and book and go along for that one to hear them both having a talk. And, of course, you've got the opportunity to grab a copy of the book for yourselves, have it autographed. Yes, yes. By wonderful ABX. Christmas
5: present. Wonderful, wonderful <laughs> Christmas <laughs> present. Absolutely.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay, While uh, before we go to our callers, which we must do, um, I should mention that... Um, Following on from our gardening show Radiothon, which we have in every June, of course, to raise money for 3CR and, in in particular, the gardening show, um, we still do have some product here, some gardening product. Now, um, the station are trying to renovate the building here over the Christmas holidays. So um, what a leftover product we have. Uh, The station have decided um, this uh, is going to be given away free, To anyone who's involved with community gardens. So people listening out there, if you um, are part of a community garden somewhere around Melbourne, if you'd like to come in and grab some of that product, feel free to do that. Um, You can come in today while we're here on air or you can come in during the week. And uh, as I say, there's no charge at all. Um, purely so that you can take that product back and share it with all your fellow gardeners in your community gardens.
2: What sort of stuff's there, Pam? Just
1: oh. not much after Loretta and I
2: get to it. <laughs> <laughs> no well yes.
5: <laughs> no banging on the door
1: yet. <laughs>
2: yeah.
1: There's all sorts of great things, team. John. There's, there's there's soil wetters, okay. there's there's um, fertilizer there's um, fertiliser, yeah. there's there's um, things like um, seaweed, okay. um, yes. Yeah, lots great. and lots of different goodies there. Yeah, yeah good. So perfect. Yeah. Great. The other thing uh, that the station are doing is that we do still have quite a few gardening books um left over from the radiothon these are all going to go out at half price so fantastic opportunity to pick up some uh some christmas, christmas presents, presents yeah. yes absolutely right. so if you if you jump online and go to 3cr.org.au you can click on the shop and you will see uh what books are left or just ring the station during office hours which is 9 Four one nine eight three double seven, and the staff can take you through that, or else come down to the station, twenty one Smith Street in Fitzroy, just up from Victoria Parade, and um, you can ask to be shown all the books, and you can you can have a good look at all of them and grab a few for yourself. Have so a browse, yeah, yeah excellent. All right, it's more than time we invited our listeners to join us. If you'd like to ask a gardening question this morning, do give us a call, particularly if you want to discuss some Australian native plants this morning. We've got some wonderful experts here in the studio this morning. We've got John Arnott. uh, We've got uh, Loretta Childs, who, of course, is a landscape designer, Um, incorporating Australian native plants in all her designs. And, of course, we've got A.B. Bishop, who's just penned that wonderful book with Angus Stewart. Just
2: just written the book.
1: Absolutely. (laughs) So do give us a call, the number 94190155. That's 94190155 to speak to the team on air. Okay, now... um, Loretta, yes. you brought in these amazing kangaroo paws which are behind me, which are yes. so big. Taller than all of us. They are, yeah. <laughs> are taller than all of us. I couldn't lay them flat. They wouldn't fit anywhere. Um, have a t- quick well, chat about exactly what
5: variety they are. And- okay. Well, they're a species, the yellow species kangaroo paw, Angiocanthus, and uh, I have about 130 plants in one area that is around a swimming area a pool area, okay. right. and they've uh, they they're sort of taken a little bit of a turn over the last eight years, nine years, so I've just sort of really replenished the site a little bit, but that is sort of, they go up to seven foot, A spike, and I probably get something around thousand spikes plus a year. So, and of course, they come at Christmas. So I call them my Christmas paw. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Because I mean, they're just there every Christmas and every function. Guess what I have? You know, I have (laughs) armfuls of these.
2: Huge, they're huge. Well, <laughs> well they are, oh, yeah.
5: Yeah. and yeah. they really, and I really haven't. I was too lazy this morning at six o'clock, and I didn't go right down to well, it's very naughty, but you know, right didn't down, go down, to, down the to the base. Yeah, but uh, so they are even taller, and they're just a wonderful thing. I just get the greatest joy once again, you know, in the garden giving these every year, yeah. and it's at Christmas,
2: Loretta. When you say you've got multiple plantings of these, is it, is it the same cultivar, the same colour all the way through, which is it nice. Is. It is. Yeah. I'm I'm a I'm yeah. a
5: great believer in mass planting yep. and uh, I also, I was, I was showing Pam earlier this morning just a little corner of, of that garden and a little, just a, there's the hymenus burnum, the um, frangipani, native frangipani, some carrots, a little variegated form, um, uh, what is there, there's also... The silver, 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 atriplex Oh yeah Oh right nice. and, and huge And it's a beautiful little combination of all of those And a little cognata, a little um, mini cog in amongst the rocks And it's just a lovely spot to sort of go Look, it's very subtle A little bit of flower with a frangipani But that's very, very nice on the eye yeah, too Yeah,
4: beautiful You
3: yeah.
5: just yeah. can drink it in a bit
3: Loretta's oh, yeah. Garden's actually in our book. So it is. So people would be able to get a, a bit of a, a sense of it and it's quite exceptional. It's on the top. It's called Big Hill and strangely enough it's on the top of a big hill <laughs> and it overlooks the Yarra Valley, the sort of greater Yarra Valley area and it's quite exceptional and where Loretta has... Um, landscaped her paws is along as she said a a pool area but then that overlooks the Yarra Valley so how she actually gets anything done is beyond me because the view (laughs) through there is quite unbelievable and especially this time of the year with the kangaroo paws yeah it's pretty special and it
5: was definitely that planning of not having anything too tall yes and of course but they grew (laughs) 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 like seven foot but you can still see through them which is wonderful and I suppose an important thing to mention is that um, garden bed is built up uh, probably about a metre or more off a slope, and it's retained because it's about the drainage, as yeah, I think too. we yes. all know yes. with the kangaroo paw. And everyone, you know, people will ring up and say, Oh, you know, my kangaroo paw, they just sort of do nothing, and it's they don't like that really hard yellow clay that mm. will not drain. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So now, kangaroo
1: paws originally got a bit of a bad name because a lot of them were very susceptible to um, a
3: particular disease. I think mm. that's that's been bred out quite a lot hasn't it ab oh well i think they are still working on on yep. that and it's the manglesii variety which is or species i should say which is um, more prone to that. that that's the shorter growing kangaroo pollas yes. yep. the flavidus is much uh, more robust would yep. you agree with uh, that absolutely yeah, yeah 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 for sure
2: yes. yep i actually heard angus um he spoke at the australian plant society conference in canberra a few weeks ago and he talked about breeding, but he talked a lot about kangaroo paws mm. and that process of, of um, just identifying different coloured forms in nature, and that looks like it might be one of the naturally occurring selections, I guess, and then and then some of the breeding, and that some of that breeding is to try and take the ornamentation out of the, the smaller ones and the robustness out of the big ones, yeah, yes. and, the, 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 and but I think the, the ink spot... Is still something that is uh, still a work in progress in terms of breeding that completely out. It
3: is, yeah, Yeah. and I think it's also. I mean, it's due to mechanical, you know, like rain and and stuff hitting it as well. You know, it's it's not necessarily because it's an unhealthy plant. Mm. Um, No, uh, Angus will just you know rip a leaf off and yeah, not too fussed about it. And of course, you can chop them right, chop them right back. Yeah,
2: yeah. So that's the best thing to do with with kangaroo poison. It is just 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 to mow them down to the ground and and refresh them.
3: Mm. If you've got. the smaller ones, I mean, some of them are more suited to pop culture in a way and yeah. they're not as long-lived so we can't expect them to be, you know, hang around for yeah. seven-something years. No. Yeah. The I have can. actually
5: amber velvet on the other side yep. and amber velvet is a, a fiery ready orange. It's right. beautiful and I only have a few um, but I have, I have noticed that they tend to... Fabulous flower. I mean, you couldn't get anything more um, flowering than those but this is... The foliage itself is still not as healthy and as wonderful all year round. Okay. Whereas I find this, this one is, the Flavitus is just yeah. mm. terrific pretty much all year round. Yeah. Mm.
3: And it's really established. Does it bring in the birds? Oh, <laughs>
5: it's, well, I mean, apart from getting distracted by the view, <laughs> the birds are absolutely, there's the um, New Holland honey eater, which Tricky. is, is yep. absolutely yeah, adorable, pretty. and but all the wrens, it's and the, and but then we get the wattlebirds, so they'll go up on you know this seven foot high, and, and it's bending over about <laughs> yeah, a meter yeah. with this big <laughs> wattlebird on it's, it, and, it's, it's impressive, isn't it? It's
3: just superb. Yeah. The bird life is phenomenal. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's great, excellent. Well, we should get to our first call of the morning, Lisa. Good morning.
6: Oh, hello. Yes. Um, I just had uh, two things, actually. One, um, I went to Abbotsford Convent yesterday and there's an Ikebana exhibition, so Japanese uh, floristry, um, which is free and it was fantastic. So I just thought people might also like to, to head over there today. I think it's open until 5 o'clock, so um, anyone who might be interested might uh, like to have a have a look. It's really, really beautiful uh, arrangements there. Um, the other thing was um, I had a question about bulbs. Um Last year I put uh, a lot of my bulbs from pots back into the ground, which hadn't done that well, um, but very disappointed. Not a single daffodil, not a single jonquil came up. Um, what do you suggest?
3: Hmm. Well, I'm just wondering if they've just gone, to, gone into a bit of transplant shock mm. um, yep. and they just need time to re-establish back in the, or in the ground from the pot. Um, did you do anything specific with them? I gave them some nice soil Gave them some nice bulb food I thought yep. they were all very happy there but so as they were,
6: nothing
2: happened When did you give them food? When uh, they were still actively growing?
6: Yes, so before they went up with them in So they were just sort of starting to shoot it I guess at that point Or a bit before actually
1: Okay. Uh, the only other thing I can think of is um, <clears throat> What's your drainage like? They haven't
5: rotted out
6: no, it's pretty dry, the bed that they're in. Um, it's quite sandy sort of soil here,
5: really. So oh, it's OK, so cool. it's draining fairly freely. I'd yep. say the most important thing from here on is for next year is just to definitely leave that foliage on so that the bulb can regenerate. recoup and regenerate and yes. yep. get get some food, so to speak, yep. down into that bulb for next year.
3: Yeah, I'd say, Lisa, it might just be settling in. Do you think? Yes, I was disappointed
6: because not not a single not a single flower came up. Did you? But
5: you got
3: the foliage, obviously. Yes. Yes. Just, yes. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'd say. Oh, well, hopefully, fingers crossed. You'll have to ring us and let us know if you if you had them next season. But but there's
2: enough light and things like that.
3: Um, possibly a little bit shady there. Yeah, that could account for yes. a little bit of
2: it. Yeah.
6: They do like you know a pretty Good, sunny. strong position. light. Yeah. 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 And apart from that, um, the feeding for next. Uh, for the next season, when would you do that then, just before they, or
1: when they start sprouting? Well, yes, because that's when they're they're actively starting to grow, and that's when they can take it up. Mm-hmm. But I wouldn't
5: overdo the feed. No. I
1: no. definitely wouldn't overdo it.
5: I mean, they're tough, and I mean, bulbs are as tough as yep. they come, yeah, aren't they? And, yeah. and I mean, that natural feed through that, the going off foliage, yep. um, is is you know that's adequate. Yes, that's right. It's
2: putting energy back into next year's bowl. Yes. I mean, yes. if
1: you're going to give them too much nitrogen, they're going to put all that energy <laughs> just into the <laughs> into green Christ. foliage, and yep. you won't get your plants, your, your flowers. So,
2: so maybe yeah. just ease back a little on the yes, feeding, I'd ease back and a bit. if you can increase the, the 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 light, that would be.
3: And yeah. a and Lisa a also, um, you know, an application of uh, seaweed wouldn't hurt because that does help with the with the root growth. So seaweed, um, um, yeah, uh, some, liquid seaweed, yeah, liquid yeah.
6: seaweed. Right. Okay, well I'll, I'll give that a go. Yes, I, I was quite disappointed. I thought they were going to be very happy, but uh, nothing uh, nothing eventuated. Oh,
2: well, you, you still have them, so hang in there. Yeah.
6: yeah.
1: yeah. Right. Thank you. Thanks, Lisa. Bye. Okay. Bye-bye. That number again if you'd like to join us this morning. We'd love to hear from you. Nine four one nine zero one double five nine four one nine. 9419 We've got John Arnott, A.B. Bishop and Loretta Childs in the studio this morning, so we'd love to hear from you. All right, Um, now you went on a little... Trip, I did,
3: I did. And that's the show gone, I'm afraid. I'm going to be talking about it for the rest of the show. I'm um, about to write a story on the um, Royal Mail Hotel. Dunkeld, Kitchen Dunkeld. Garden. Their Kitchen awesome. Garden. Have you seen it, John? I have. Isn't it exceptional? It's it, awesome. Yeah. It's um, over, an, over an acre. They use uh, 80% of their kitchen produce is is, is taken from the garden. Yeah. Um, They've, um, since uh, their head gardener, Michelle Shanahan, has been there, she's been there for about four years now, Um, she's introduced this bio-intensive sort of agricultural method because when she first arrived there, the soil was pretty poor. There were no earthworms through it. And um, obviously in veggie garden, you want as many earthworms as you can. And um, so this this bio-intensive method is all about... Um, pretty much the least amount of work and um, trying to get the most amount of veggies from the least amount of space and um, incorporating a closed loop system so that everything that is used in the kitchen um, or vegetable waste and that sort of thing comes back into the garden in some form or another.
2: Through worm farms or compost? No, well,
3: um, they don't have worm farms but what they do is they've got a um, cold composting system so they have three bays, you know, from, you know, Initial compost through to ready to go on the garden, yep. um, and that's incorporated. She doesn't dig. Um, Michelle doesn't dig the garden over. Okay. She's found that you know encouraging those mycelium threads yeah. is you know is really improving the health of the plants. Um, so she might give it a, a slight light fork over just to sure. bring a little bit of air into the soil. Um, For her pest method, she's got ducks, which is quite quite exceptional. And I spent quite a bit of time running around trying to take photos of these ducks who were insistent on getting as far away from me as possible. (laughs) uh, That was pretty cute. But, you know, they don't do the same damage of course as hens do you know so they'll just go in and they'll burrow their little beaks under the straw to get slugs and snails and that sort of thing and um, yeah so she uses that but the the amount of produce that they've got in this garden is quite exceptional I think there's over 700 you know types of plants that she's growing for the kitchen fantastic and um, they've expanded to the point where um, because in, in the kitchen, um, their executive chef, Robin Wickens, he um, obviously they need a lot of carrots, a lot of um, potatoes, onions, those real staples, and they need them sort of year round. So they've had to go outside the main garden area and the, basically the, the kitchen garden area is taking over. There's kitchen <laughs> gardens and orchards and whatnot dotted all over the place, which is quite exceptional. And um, everything is treated the same. You know, everyone everything has the compost. Added to it, she uses Brilliant. seaweed. Um, doesn't use any pesticides whatsoever. Brilliant. Um, and the produce is so so healthy. Yeah. It's Yeah. It's just wonderful. And um, I was also treated to um, a meal there. <laughs> and boy oh boy, I've never eaten fine dining before. And these <laughs> meals just blow your mind. You know, this tiny little blob on a plate. It was just. Absolutely bursting with flavour, and to know that you were there, you you know, you know exactly where the produce has come from, (laughs) and all of a sudden it's there on your plate in this, you know, two chefs hat restaurant is just pretty exceptional what they do, and because it's all like it really is a seasonal. Restaurant, You know, and I think um, some of the chefs, you know, maybe initially were like, oh, you know, people, they want tomatoes for breakfast. We've got to give them the tomatoes. And, and so I think they do give them tomatoes for breakfast because people want tomatoes for breakfast. But um, everything else is basically seasonal. And if it's not in the garden, it's not going to be on your plate. True. And so there's that whole juggling act. I mean, it's one thing for us home gardeners to wander around the garden and see what's out there and pluck a few things and take them in. But when you're trying to create that menu, trying to have that balance... Well, there's
2: a complete dependency, isn't there, on on the success of the garden?
3: Absolutely. Isn't that great? It is. And, um, yeah, there's that real fantastic interaction. The chefs go out and pick their own produce and they also take daily tours so people who are staying there can go and see exactly where their food has come from, which is quite exceptional. How are the
5: gardens constructed, AB?
3: Uh, Well, there's a few different areas, as I mentioned. Um, The main garden area is behind a really tall tea tree fence. Yeah and um, they're just raised beds because the soil there is, it's a clay-based soil and very soggy apparently. So Michelle has raised the beds. Up to 400 Um, or 300, just 300? Yeah, I'd Mm. I'd say maybe even slightly less. And um, she said just doing that made you know, such a difference. Yeah. Um, they have three igloos for, you know, s- slightly more unusual things like they've got some Spanish licorice, um, which Michelle potted me up some and I bloody forgot to bring it home. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> very annoying. We'll have um, to go back. It's um, exactly. okay. We'll have it's to go, That's right. When yeah. are we going? Yeah, yeah. And one of the things which was which I really loved was um, they had this wasabi bed. Oh, that's fantastic. And, yeah, I'd never even thought of growing wasabi, but, of course, the chefs, you know, they love it and they, they want to use it so they've created this um, very high, it's probably, I don't know, maybe 80 centimetre high bed, long bed. And it um, wasabi likes similar conditions to watercress. Okay. It needs to be very moist soil and quite dark. So um, it's behind this um, sort of bamboo curtain, you know, it's about, I don't know, a three metre bed, three, four metre bed with yep. um, wasabi and watercress which is quite exceptional and then they've got orchards and um michelle has espaliered all her uh apple and pear trees you know much more effective in terms of um picking and whatnot and and maintaining their their vigor and um yeah, so it's there's that section and then there's um, – they also own the Mount Sturgeon Homestead mm. property, mm. which is an, an old pastoral, you know, sheep-rearing property. And, yeah. and that's something else that they're starting to do is use their own sheep – and, um, and beef on the property. They've got free-range eggs. Michelle's husband, Mike, he manages the Mount Sturgeon property and they're 120 free-range girls <laughs> which, who are quite delightful. I think they use something like 100 eggs a day in the restaurant. Is which that right? It just blows your mind, doesn't it? Fantastic. Um, yeah, and then um, also the... Um, the The pastoral property is owned by the Myers. Mm. Um, I think it's Alan and Maria Sidon. Myers. Yeah. 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 And um, there's a incredible. I was down there a few years ago for my birthday and knew nothing about the area and um, was just exploring Dunkeld. Such a sweet little town and um, very sort of epicurean. There's lots of yeah stuff, gourmet stuff going on down there, there which is, is lovely. Yeah. yeah. And um, came across this enormous wall which extended around an entire block. (laughs)
2: It's impressive. And
3: I thought, I need to look behind that wall. I just have to because I could, through the gates, you could see these incredible gardens and Mm. wetlands and, you know, even more vegetable gardens and this unbelievable glasshouse. And um, so naturally, I just kind of walked through a gate and had a bit <laughs> of an explore, and then found out that it was Galen, the Maya property, yeah. and um, that is also owned by the Royal Mail Hotel. Yeah. So they do part of their um, vegetable gardening in in that area as well, which is so special, and yeah. that that incredible beautiful glass house.
2: The contribution well, the Myers have made to that by well, that whole region, but the southern, the yeah. Dunkeld in particular, is it's quite profound.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. and it shows, you know, yeah. because I think there's such a sense of pride mm. in the locals in that town yep. and um, it's a beautiful little town and you know at the southern southern entrance to the Grampians mm. um, it's a perfect spot you know you've got Mount Sturgeon Mount, and abrupt. Mount abrupt and yep. the Piccaninny in yeah. the middle and yeah so I after um, being there um, and taking a gazillion photos, which was just amazing. I drove up um, through Halls Gap to stall and just that drive-through is, is quite exceptional. Yeah. You know, there were, um, I saw two mobs of emus. Yeah. Which was wonderful, right on the road. Actually, I came around a corner, at 100k <coughs> an hour, and there were eight in front of me. And right. <laughs> yeah, luckily there was nothing on the other side of the road, and but they weren't phased by me at all. Hopped out of the car, took some photos, and um, saw absolute sways because they had the bushfires through there a yes, few years ago, of yes, course, mm. and all the, Xanth, the yeah, rears are back up, yeah. and oh, that it's phenomenal.
5: It, we were up there just oh, after the I think oh many years ago there was some big fires, and it was just phenomenal. We did a job up there went through, we were staying on this huge property and it was just phenomenal. Mm. Xanthorea is I mean, you'll have a, an accident.
3: Yeah, because was, well, that's, that's exactly like, oh, right, oh. yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was actually thinking that I really need a driver. Yeah. A days, yes. so but you sort have of have go, oh, I'm going
5: to photograph that one. Oh, no, but look
3: at that one. I'm going to photograph yes, that. Yes, <laughs> yeah. that's exactly what happened. I ended up 150 metres in the bush. <laughs> ah,
4: fantastic.
3: Okay, we need to go to a few more of our callers. <clears throat> we're going to go to Lynn and Bandura. Good morning, Lynn Oh, good morning. Um, I'm just wondering what
7: to do. I had a bit of a disaster in the garden on Friday. A fencer came in without consulting us and um, decimated my side garden. And I had a lovely Cecil Brunner rose, which he cut down to about um, a foot high. Right. And, um, and there was some dieback on it. I'm wondering, will it come back? There's some concrete... Gone near it. I, I went and hosed it off, mm. um, and I know normally I cut it right down in winter. Yep. And it comes back beautifully, and it was in gorgeous flower. That's a shame. Um, yes, but I, because the only shoots on it had a bit of dieback on it, and the other the other bits looked dead. You know how roses get very dead around the bottom sometimes. Sometime. Um. Some stumps that are left. I'm yep. just just wondering. Do you think it'll come back? What well, can I do? Should I give it some sea salt or something?
1: That certainly wouldn't help. But it's a good idea. look, roses are very tough plants, yeah. um, and and they really do like to be cut back hard. Yeah. And in fact, um, like our, our good friends um, Graham and and uh, Diana Sargent. Um, now do a lot of summer pruning of yeah. their roses. They endorse a summer
2: pruning. They endorse A, a hard summer, summer pruning. Yes, yeah.
8: absolutely.
0: This is, a, this is a very hard, very yeah. hard prune. Yeah. A, it
2: sounds like it. Um, yeah, roses have got an amazing capacity to resprout. Um, yes, I yes. have a bit of confidence. Um, with that. Yeah, and with I think you that? did the right
7: thing to wash off the concrete as oh, soon as of you course. saw it. That's, yeah, that's well, right. I think there's still some on it, but I mean, it does have a wide base, you know, being so old. Yep. yep. And, um, you know, unfortunately, they pulled out another rose and they pulled out a justica. Uh, I think it's called a justica or a Jacobean. Oh,
2: yeah, you know, the old shrimp plant?
7: From, yes, it yep. came from my mum's garden, so I'm. I'm Pretty upset, yeah. um, and a whole lot of alstroemerias.
5: They'll come back one day. they'll come back. Yes, sure. They'll, come, yeah, back. Yeah, they'll yeah. come back. Can't stop That'll those things. I mean, I don't know if this is applicable, but I was thinking that on those, you know, we're talking about our forty-degree days. Yeah. If if you are noticing that new shoots are getting a bit burnt or whatever, a bit of shade cloth up mm. high just to cover it up on those really scorching days. Keep it watered, a little bit of sea salt, but I think ultimately. You've really got to nurse it, perhaps a little bit through the summer, even yeah. though it is very tough. It yeah. is unfortunate that yeah. it's as tough yeah. as it is. Yeah, yeah. because the, any, as you say, any of those new
1: shoots coming it's through are going to be, be very be susceptible. Sure. Yes, yes. but yes. That's,
2: that'd be a nice situation to have, wouldn't it? Is to, you're dealing with the new growth and absolutely and, 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 and tending yes. it. That'd be yeah. look. Be confident. I think. Uh, yes. I think okay. sea salt's a really nice idea. Yep. Um,
7: okay. And listen, uh, I, I had another question too. I've got a lot of raspberries, and my Nephew wants some. <coughs> When's the best time to um, transplant Divide them? Divide them up. Pardon? Uh, well,
1: I wouldn't be doing
7: it now. No. No, no. no. So I'd, I'd, I'd do it. Late autumn.
1: Yes. Early okay. winter? Yes. yes. Yeah. Okay, then. Thank you very much. Okay. Thanks. No worries. Bye. Bye. And uh, we right. Next up, we're going to Margaret, who's in Altona. You there, Margaret? Oh,
8: hello. Yes. Yes. Good morning. I um have a very frustrating cherry tree which I, I've had in a pot for about 4 years I guess and uh, my problem is that in the last well actually the last 3 seasons it's flowered beautifully and but it doesn't set any fruit and this year I thought well this is a year I tried my best to you know keep keep up the water and fertilize it a beautiful show of flowers but about two cherries set and now they've fallen off. So what can I do to help it to set fruit? It's a stellar cherry, which I understand is self-fertilising. Right. Um, does it have to remain in the pot? No, it doesn't. I'm just wondering now, is it, would it be better out in the garden? I think it would be.
2: It, it's that fluctuate. It, it, even if you're really careful with the watering, you are going to get fluctuating levels of soil moisture. Yes. And, and look, it could be contributing to that. Um, you know, stability is always good with things like cherries.
3: Um, and um, cherries grow rather large. I mean, do, yeah. m- do many people have them in pots? I've actually never seen a cherry in a pot before. Oh, I
2: think there'd be potential issues with them yeah. being in a pot unless yeah. it's in a very large container. Yeah. Particularly if yeah.
1: it's now been there for um, a few years. Yeah, I'd, I'd be, I'd be getting it into the ground. But I, I certainly wouldn't be doing it while we've got this hot weather no, coming. No, So no, I think you're just going to have to… Ride it um, out this nutritious. summer. Write it out, exactly. Just watch your watering. Make sure that, um, that it hasn't gone hydrophobic in the pot, you know, the soil.
3: Mm. Yeah, maybe give it a soak if you can. Yes,
1: yeah. yes. Sit it in, sit it in a, a, a trough or something and really give it a good soak. Um, and then come autumn time, I'd, I'd um, you know, prepare a good site and get it out in the ground.
8: Okay, look. Thank you. That's you're confirming what I really thought I needed to do with it. It's in about a twenty inch pot. Okay, so It's, it's, a right, uh, big it's enough not pot. hydrophobic. Okay, it's got good. beautiful leaves. Yeah, The foliage is absolutely beautiful, but it's just you know it's not setting the fruit. And
5: mm, they are also yes. they are vigorous growers. So I mean, twenty centimetre pot is not going to be uh, there for long. No,
2: it won't be it's fi- a finite amount of resources yeah, in the pot. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's right.
8: Okay, it sounds so like we've. Um, Next autumn, we've got a job. Dig a hole. Dig a big hole. Cherry tree. I've got, you know, I've got lemons and limes in pots, and they're doing quite well. And. (laughs) Um, but you know, I thought when it flowered so well, this will be it. I'll have this massive cherry for my family at Christmas, <laughs> <laughs> and all frustration. Never Anyway, mind. look, I'll, I'll do that, and okay. so I'll just look after it. And then in the autumn time, we'll transplant it. I've got a spot where uh, something is a big japonica has just been taken out, so I've, I'll put it near that area. Okay, yeah.
1: perfect. Dig in some some good, you know, mulch, some manure. Prepare your off. spot.
8: Yes. Yes. Well, we've got some chickens, so, uh, you know, they do a good job with it too. Oh, excellent, good. excellent. Right. So, look, thanks very much. Okay, uh, then. Thanks I much. love listening to your show. It, oh, it's been great. Okay, bye uh, now.
1: Thank you.
8: Goodbye. And uh, next up we have Jeff.
1: Good morning, Jeff.
9: Morning, Jeff. I uh, oh, mean, morning. <laughs> morning, sorry. Everyone at 3CR, great. Great to hear you. Um, I'm ringing up to let you know of a talk that's on late this morning at the uh, Melbourne Unitarian Peace Memorial Church in East Melbourne. Right. And it's called uh, Food Grows on Trees. Uh, it's about forest for food security and climate change. Okay. And it's been given by Petra Carla, who activated the one and only still uh, food forest that's in Burundara, which is in South Ashburton, called the Winton Road Food Forest. And, That started uh, about four years ago, got planted about three years ago, and is now going into its uh, request for slight extension for the next phase. Excellent. Excellent. Excellent it's an opportunity for people to come along uh, to them uh, to it's 110 gray street east melbourne mm-hmm. uh, it's the same church that ralph Knight, who does the uh,
4: all right
9: he does the steam radio on saturday afternoon that he goes along to so he's he and tojo are normally there in case anyone um, knows them as well okay. but it's uh, what time jeff At 11am the service starts it's part of a service uh, yeah. but it's pretty open <laughs> People, you, you don't have to have any particular belief system to turn up at, at the Unitarian uh, Church. And uh, basically, the, the talk goes for about 20 minutes, half an hour, depending on you know, how long it all takes. And okay.
2: Great topic. And there's
9: a nibble afterwards for people who want to hang around and have a nibble at um, midday. Excellent.
1: So okay.
9: Thank you for that.
1: That's fine. Great.
9: Right. Bye. Bye-bye.
1: Bye. That number, again, if you'd like to uh, join in and ask a gardening question or make a comment, we'd love to hear from you. The number is 94190155. As I say, we have John Arnott, AB Bishop and Loretta Charles in the studio this morning, so, uh, so do give us a call. We'd love to hear from you. Which reminds me that I should mention that uh, f- after today we only have uh, two more Sundays left for you to tune into the 3CR Gardening Show because then, of course, we are taking our well-earned break that we take every <laughs> Christmas. Um, most of us get rather tired by the end of the year getting up, in in my case, getting up at 5.30 on a Sunday morning. But, um, yes, we will be taking a break, uh, as I say, after uh, the next two Sundays and we won't be back until the very first Sunday in February. So uh, we will be taking a break over, over January. So uh, if you want to get in and ask a question, um, you've only got two more Sundays to do it or, of course, this morning. And that number again is 94190155. Pam,
2: I hope you don't mind me asking this, but, but we, were at a, uh, we were planning our Botanic Gardens conference for, late, for next year. Yes. And the theme is volunteering. Ah. Um and we thought who might we ask to come in come in and talk about the v- volunteering from a volunteer's perspective? And I immediately thought of Pam. Oh. <laughs> whether you'd be so I'm I'm putting you on the spot. Whether you'd be interested you in coming to the Botanic Garden Conference. <laughs> how, how long have you been doing three C R?
1: Oh I think I um I started roughly in about nineteen
2: eighty eight. Nineteen eighty eight. Yes. Okay. That's... That
1: that wasn't all that no, no. That hasn't been just gardening show, though. I, okay. I started uh, uh, when, when 3CR was really in its infancy. Um, yes. Yeah, so, okay. uh, <laughs> Yeah. I'm part of the walls, So that's I think.
2: hundreds and hundreds of shows. Have you yes. kept a log? No, no. No? What a shame. <laughs> so I, ha- hundred- I
1: have got a lot of um, uh, early recordings of uh, – okay. I used to do a Friday morning show, which was like a magazine okay. format. Um, so I have got a few early recordings of uh, some of the more interesting programs we had some interesting guests on yep. that but um, yeah I've, I've now been doing the gardening show for a long long time yeah. as well so yeah. yes
2: so the, and, and that's I mean the, the 3CR wouldn't survive without its oh without absolutely its volunteers. not I mean, apart
1: the... from apart from um, you know a couple of uh, paid, uh, staff it's the whole station is run on volunteers yeah. and there's just no way we could run without volunteers no
2: it, it's a yep. f- splendid thing isn't
1: it yep. yeah oh, but look half of australia runs on volunteers yeah, yeah, john yeah, that's i true. mean it's yeah. amazing how generous people are with their time absolutely but the thing is as a volunteer it's not what you're giving it's what you gain yeah. from, from doing it it really is i mean the number of wonderful people I've met over the years, yes. and I'm including everyone here in the studio, yeah. and 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 my volunteer, my trusty volunteer out on the phones. Yeah. Um, but you know, really, you you you're meeting such incredible people, and of course, all of us here are giving up our times, and and you all do it, you know, on, on a fairly regular
3: basis. So it's just—it's
2: it's enriching, just, isn't it? It's, it's very enriching. enriching, and you yeah. learn so much. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Just,
3: yeah. just often the you're surrounded by other experts. Or if you're not an expert in that particular field, there will be an expert to show you what to do, and yep. so you, yeah, you're learning so much the whole time. Yeah, and of course, I, I should include in in that um,
1: our listeners yeah. because we we learn. It's it's a I always say it's it's an exchange of ideas, Indeed. Um, particularly with Talkback because yeah. we we learn from all our listeners. Yeah. Yeah. they'll ring in, and many of them um, are expert. Uh, gardeners yeah, yeah. Um, in many facets, and, and we gain so much with that exchange. Mm. I'll
2: talk to you about our March um, Botanic Gardens Network meeting on volunteering. We'd love you to come along really and Really putting speak. you on the spot
3: here. He <laughs> is, isn't he? <laughs> Publicly so, at so, all. So, John, with the volunteering, are you, Hope, hoping to encourage more volunteers to Cranbourne. Is that the idea?
2: Yeah, uh, not necessarily. This is across the, the Botanic Gardens Network. Sure, so, yeah. so all the Victorian Botanic Gardens get together and we try and have a theme for, for the meeting. So the, the, the theme is the changing t- face of volunteering. Yeah. Um, so we're going to get someone from Volunteering Australia to talk about um, exactly that topic. But to have a look at, at a number of case studies of people that are active volunteers or the challenges of managing volunteers... From, a, from an agency perspective and, yeah. you know, all things around um, volunteers working in gardening. We're, we're mm. doing this at um, – we're holding the meeting at uh, the Werribee Mansion.
4: Oh,
1: right. And
2: they have got the most incredible program. I don't know if you've spoken to anyone on air, um, James Brinkat or any of those no, people. No, no, I haven't. They've, they've engaged the local Karen community, so Burmese uh, refugee community. Uh, the, the Karen people are magnificent horticulturist gardeners. And there was a big community of Karen people living in, in Werribee, but, but they were living in little boxes. So agricultural people, farm mm. farm people, yes. horticulturists who, who were sort of boxed in, and there were all sorts of social issues and things like that. A big community of Karen people. And uh, a number of years ago, there was a, a a garden, a community garden put aside for the Karen people to, to garden. Fantastic. To get, get out of doors and get their hands into the soil. A little bit like the Basil Natoli yes. thing all those years ago. Yes um same 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 but different and um that program of the korean people actually having a, a kitchen garden a community garden has just blossomed mm. and um the partier garden there the the, the rose garden most of, of that heritage garden is now being actively managed by the wow. current people. So, that, so it's just incredibly successful wow. program. All sorts of wonderful social outcomes. Yes. Um, but that old heritage landscape that was looking a bit tired up until maybe mm. or quite, quite recently yep. is just looking so beautifully tended mm, wow. um, because of this volunteer program which is so active down there. And this is It's ex- a river of a program. This
1: is exactly the benefits we've seen come out of community gardens, John. Yeah. Because um, you know it empowers people, and and so many of them, um, a lot of them don't have much English. Um, You know, they they they're as you say shut away in their little boxes, or in the case of the community gardens on Melbourne's public housing estates, they're shut away in their little high high rise rise flat. And um it gets them out into the garden, it yep. gets them communicating with their neighbours. Absolutely. It gives them the chance to socialise, yep. you know, even at night time they'll come down, they'll share food. Yep. Um they'll they'll share gardening tips, you <laughs> know, the it's just fantastic. It and it's... the children come down with the mums into the garden and sometimes mm. the dads into yep. the gardens and they then learn some of the gardening skills yep. and and they'll share seeds and plants Exactly. and and and, and sharing their their own heritages absolutely and it's it's just a wonderful thing and i hear this story time and time again and i'm delighted that it's now taken place down at werribee yeah, as well it's a ripper of a program yeah fantastic it's
2: exactly what you've said is exactly what's happening down there all there's just so many benefits associated with this oh, with this gosh, program yes. it's yes. it's a ripper brilliant yeah good
1: yeah fantastic now you've been talking conferences you've Mentioned uh, briefly in passing that you've just been to one.
2: I've been up to the Australian Plant Society conference in in Canberra. The, um, every two years, the the, the national body uh, get together, and this year it was in in Canberra. And Angus came and uh, delivered the Swarby lecture, which was really really terrific. He did a fantastic job of that. Um, it's a great conference. A uh, really nice format. It was um, uh, talks in the morning, and then the uh, in the eve- afternoons. Sorry, we'd go and. Visit gardens, so we went to the National Arboretum and the Botanic Gardens, and we went to a, an old stock route and had a look at wildflowers. And it was a really terrific conference. Yeah. Fantastic! Really terrific conference. Yes. Um, th- though the Australian Plant Society groups, uh, th- I mean, the wealth of knowledge associated with those with those groups. I mean, a- amateur groups in in the main. Oh yes. Um, but extraordinarily knowledgeable people, and and passionate and committed to. Mm-hmm. To, to the cause they are the true believers when it comes to us to the Australian plant world
3: now you used to be a member of the Yarra, Yarra group, didn't well, you? Well, I am still a member, but um, I had a slight um, my calendars clashed. Let me say with um, well, I thought they clashed with the nights that um, the, the plant meetings were on. But uh, yeah, I have to agree with you, John. Um, they're, they're quite exceptional. The knowledge of all these people, and some people have very specific knowledge about a particular um, species mm. or genera, mm. don't they? You well, know? the study groups. Yeah, yes. so I, right. I went to yeah. a
2: few of the study group meetings, yeah. and you know the Petrophily and um, Dryandra and Petrophily Isopogon study group, uh, study group on Acacias, uh, study group on couriers. and they're just they're just authorities. Yeah, that's um, right. And and yeah. having
3: those experts come in and talk, brilliant. You know, every month is fantastic. Yeah, yeah I think yeah. Angus and I will be doing a few of those next year. I reckon hopefully. you will be. Yeah, I think yeah, so yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And, and just sharing that knowledge and sharing. I mean. In, just to quickly hop back to the book. In the book, you know, we there are a number of experts in there. You know, we talk to different people, and there's people like Loretta and other garden owners. So there's a lot of expert information. You know, not just stuff that Angus has put in and stuff that I've put in, but you know, f- throughout Australia, tapping into that network, tapping into the network, mm. and that's what it's about. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I know our the Yarra Yarra group are trying to encourage. Probably sit in a similar way that that younger mm. demographic into into the group and yep. yeah it is a tricky situation. That's it, kind of?
2: that's the thing that, that you know I left there thinking um, I- exactly that the the demographics are the the, the groups are getting older yeah um, and there's not that mix of of, of younger people yeah. and I think succession planning is going to be a real um, a challenge and and opportunity at the same time yeah um, for, for for such groups. I was the youngest person in the room by margin. And, really? And, you know, I'm by no means a young man <laughs> At <least> anymore. 30. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: okay, we'll go next to uh, George, who's out in Notting Hill. Good morning, George.
10: Oh, good morning. I was hoping you might be able to help me with the uh, problem I'm having with a um, couple of grafted eucalypts. They're the uh, grass masters, Nullable Lime and Nullable Rose. Um. They're in probably to the second year, maybe about a metre high, and they tend to get new growth coming up, and once it gets to about the second or third set of leaves, it tends to silver up and die off, and very few of the new shoots, if you like, tend to make it through. Um, The older leaves still seem to be hanging on, but I'm just sort of wondering what might be going on with them.
4: Mm.
10: Um, Um, We've got fairly heavy clay soil, which I've tried. Uh, to improve a bit with um, native, um, good quality native um, mixes, in, and also watered in with sort of uh, native balsamicoes, and have um, used the native balsamicoes as well on the surface. Um, but I, I was just sort of wondering whether, with um, coming through winter, um, fairly damp soil or whatever, might cause that dying off of the new growth at all?
2: Yeah, I mean, mm. I'm just having a look at it. It's a it's a hybrid between a couple of you know western. Australian, you know, arid land species oh, yeah. Um so So those, drainage, phys- those drainage, physical drainage. conditions Yeah, yeah those yeah. physical c- conditions are going to be a, a challenge And I guess that's one of the reasons that they put them onto a graft Is yeah. to, you know, increase resilience yeah. um, Air movement, you got good air movement around? Good light?
10: Um, good air movement uh, One of them's got uh, pretty much the full day of sun, The other's got a bit less But they're both sort of behaving in a similar manner um,
5: what but height
10: are they, George? Oh, they're probably just around the metre yeah. Around the metre,
5: yeah,
10: yeah. And, they're, they're coming into the second year now, I think Okay,
2: so, so, so you, they've been in, in the ground for two years And they've just been slowly going backwards, have they?
10: Um, oh, I wouldn't say going backwards so much They just sort of, they tend to put on the growth But then most of it sort of just slowly turns silver And then um, dies off And um, yeah, the older the older leaves generally seem to be hanging on it's just a new growth path the chips seem to dry up mm, I,
3: i'm just wondering if it is a drainage issue
2: sounds like it yeah it does mm. yeah it does sound like it you haven't
5: noticed any insect or no, uh, disease no, no. There,
2: there is a
10: bit of like a, i mean on the label it does say in wet conditions that the leaves tend to get that sort of you know a few black spots and what on them which is true but i wouldn't say the whole sort of shrubs covered in it. It, it it sort of looks like it's trying but there's something just not quite to its liking so, yeah. it, It'll
2: have something to do with the root system for for sure I would think um, you know active root systems are the, are the, are the trick with those um, with mm. those deserty species and you know the um, you know maybe um, a little bit of s- liquid seaweed or something like that just to stimulate a little bit of root activity might be good
3: Did you mound them? I didn't actually hear that part of the conversation George
10: um, One one of them is sort of um, slightly raised, it should have reasonable drainage, the other one I would say is probably more susceptible to not having had brilliant drainage but I, I did make an effort to really maybe dig down um, you know, 400 mil or so and try and break up the soil and I think yeah. at the time, I mean We've had, I mean, this garden's probably getting on to 20, 25 years old and we've had various attempts at uh, trying
2: to keep it native and some do well, some don't. Um. Yeah, I, I learned something recently. I mean, you never ever stop learning no, in, you don't. In, in horticulture. <laughs> but I learned something which, were, which was absolutely a, like a fundamental that I've been planting incorrectly for my entire life <laughs> when it comes to tree planting because I, I, I did what you've just described there and, you know, dig a big hole, oversized hole and then, and then backfilled it.
10: Oh, this is the whole bit I've actually dug over. But, oh, okay. But, but then again, it might have set up a situation where you've got the top 400 mil is fairly free draining, and then below that there's like a barrier. That's exactly to... right. Yeah, you yes. so
3: created a large a, pot in
10: effect. A sump. Or a sump,
2: sump. yeah. Um, yep.
10: But, um, yeah, Yeah. I suppose I'll, I'll have to keep an eye on that, and I might just try straight sea rather than the... Because uh, I think there's now a power feed native, which I've been... Using on it, but um, I'm just
2: wondering, it wouldn't have been over fertilised by any chance? And or... uh, look, look, possibly. I mean, the the idea is that um, uh, something to stimulate the root system without necessarily putting a lot of nutrient mm, into the mm, into the soil.
3: Mm, nah, no, I'd be thinking about digging them up and mounding them. Yeah. Digging mm, them up. Yeah. Oh, okay. What time of year
10: would be best for that? Probably autumn. Autumn, yeah, yeah. Autumn,
3: winter. Yeah.
10: Okay. Look, the other thing, I don't know if you've got a moment. Um, I've <laughs> on my fifth attempt at trying to grow one of the red wattles, I think it's scarlet blaze or something. Oh, it? yes. The mm-hmm. yep. um, first one I looked after really well, grew very quickly, but then the wind got to it and broke it. Um, that's, yes,
2: that's, that's common.
10: Yeah. Then uh, the next one I think I might have overwatered. <laughs> Then the one after that I tried not watering very much and that didn't do too well. <laughs> <laughs> uh, now, I mean, I really like the plant. It's a good uh, thing. Now I've planted one in a more sheltered area. Um, I watered it in well when I first put it in, but it, it's just sort of sitting there uh, and not doing a lot. So I'm just sort of wondering the philosophy of, you know, with the new trees like that, are they best left to their own devices or should I still be watering it I'm,
3: Definitely should be established watering it. Yep. They they the La do like um, good drainage as well, mm-hmm. so I'm hoping that's not the same issue that you've got there. Oh,
10: it's slightly better draining area that it's in,
2: uh, and oh, and a little bit protected as well because they do like yep. a little bit of protection around yep.
10: them. Yeah, um, it was the north wind that was really hammering them, so I've got it sort that, of um, partly sheltered behind a fence now, but it still gets good sun. So
2: yep. And I think the key to to making a, a nice shaped scarlet blaze is use your secateurs. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, yeah. They, they can get they can kind of get leggy, and um, mm. but by giving them a, a, a you know a, a it's almost like a structural prune. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, tip lots of tip pruning to encourage a bushy habit. I think it, it makes for a much better shaped oh, okay. plant.
10: Just because um, one of the ones along the way broke halfway down, and then I tried pruning it back, but it grew out at a really funny angle and just yeah. didn't look right, so I just
3: had to pull it out. But, yep. um, but yeah, in answer to your watering question, George, yes. definitely establish watering it yep. for a few months, especially over summer. Oh, okay. um, you know, every every week, give it a you know nice deep water, just so that it establishes those uh, the new roots. And After okay. that, you could cut back a bit. Yep.
10: And if it is being overwatered, is there any sign on the leaf or whatever that will tell me that it's having too much?
3: Or? Well, they'll go slightly yellow. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Good. Great. Thanks for that. Uh,
2: overwatering often presents as um, the same symptom as underwatering. It's oh. it's overwatering. What what happens with overwatering is that the the, the root system is kind of rot off, and so there's not a lot of active root system. So it presents as water stress yep, yep. On, on some occasions.
10: Okay. Great. Well, thanks for your help. Okay, good luck with that.
11: Thank you. Bye, okay, bye. Bye.
1: bye. Now, next up, we've got our good friend Roger Elliott online. Good morning, Roger.
11: day, crew in there. Hello, hello. hello Roger. Morning. All right, now, you've got a man, Mr Arnott, in there who's been talking about going to Canberra, but I don't think he's told you why he went. <laughs> no, he hasn't.
2: No, I haven't, Roger.
11: No, so John was um, awarded the Professional Australian Plants Award. Wow. At the conference. So... It's a pretty good award, and so I thought I should ring in and so everybody knows. Absolutely.
2: I've just been outed, (laughs) What
3: What's the award specifically for, Roger?
11: It's for contribution with only Australian plants over uh, quite a lengthy time, the involvement and um, also mentorship and a whole range of things. Mm. Wonderful. Well, Uh, you definitely um,
3: fit that category.
11: Yeah, so it's a, it's their a top award for the Australian Plant
3: Society. That's fantastic. Uh, well, he didn't bring it in here and wave it around. No. So. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's not very big. <laughs>
2: uh, no, thanks, Roger. It was um, it, it, a, a really nice thing to, to, to pick up.
11: Yeah, because he, he was nominated by the, the Victorian Australian Plants uh, Society Group, so that's, that was good. Excellent. Uh, now, the, the other thing you'd... John was talking, and oh, well, I think all of you are talking about just getting ideas for the Cranbourne Gardens Master Plan. Yeah. Yes, coming up, and it's really in full swing. Um, one little thing: people do have trouble getting onto the website. Okay, so well, you you mentioned Cranbourne Master dot rbg. dot gov. Yes, but if you stick in front of it, http. Right colon forward slash and forward slash again. Beauty. Okay. Um, and so I think what happened, it was designed in house, and it's very good on your your own programs. But yep. when people get outside, they do have a bit of trouble. Okay. But you can also get onto it by going to the Royal Botanic Gardens general website. Yep. Go to Cranbourne, and and you'll you'll find it there too.
1: Okay, excellent.
11: And uh, as John said, it'd be great for anybody and everybody to make comments, and it doesn't matter what they are. You can even think of stuff, I, I think, even 50 years down the track. So mm-hmm. it gets in the process, you know. There might be some, like I, I was at a meeting the other day, and, of course, they're pretty keen to have a, a big conservatory at Melbourne. Well, why shouldn't they have one at Cranbourne?
2: And and we could grow those top-end native that's, plants, right? That's right. John. Yeah. That'd be good, and, wouldn't and it?
11: And can grow a whole range of things. Yeah. So, yeah, any, any ideas are well received.
2: Brilliant. Yeah, perfect.
11: All right. See ya.
1: Okay, <laughs> thanks, Roger. Thanks, Roger. Bye. Okay, uh, we're running through until 9.15, our normal time slot, so if you'd like to uh, join the gardening show team and give us a call, the number 94190155. That's 94190155. Loretta, what have you been working on recently? What have I been working on?
5: I was running through this on the way in and I thought, I can't think of what I've been doing. (laughs) (laughs) But you've been flat out. (laughs) I know, I know. Uh, I've done a really nice little spot down in Burwood. We did a lovely little front garden there. And it was interesting because why I'm talking about it is the house is a 60s brick veneer okay, with the beautiful um, burnt glazed tiles sort of through the belly of it and around doorway entrances. And my thoughts were, ah, oh, it's a 60s house and what was the garden design of the day? Okay. Yep. Wasn't much. Okay. Wasn't, you know, there was sort of the the, the centre tree in the front yard and... The lawn, the and hills. And lawn and the hills. It was sort of nothing. And so yes. we came in and we were able to inject... Um, a lot of rocks, of course, uh, so a beautiful highland slate, very big metre, meter size rocks into the front garden and did a, a beautiful combination planting. They did want some exotic, but we always get our natives in, don't <laughs> oh, <they>? yes. <yeah. laughs> <laughs> so some them. beautiful, you know, some brachycomb and, and some pretty things, but also uh, with the rock we did some sort of grandma's paving with some rocks, but also some jellybram pier which is a beautiful um, ironbark timber from uh, Right. over in Williamstown. So we did entrance, uh, we, we also call that sleeper paving. Okay. Or, you know, wolf yes. timber paving. And uh, it, the whole thing came together and we thought to ourselves, well, that's... The new design for a 60s house, Mm. which was, and and the whole street were texting and talking about (laughs) this garden and look what's happened. And so that was, that was a bit of fun. Oh, that's exciting. Yeah. 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 So we're going on to do um, actually some more adventure playground area over uh, in Warrenwood, a large school over there. Okay. That's nice. Uh, So we did the first stage in whatever holidays, May holidays. It and that was terrific, well received I am noticing that it's on the front of all their brochures now ah. um, But once um, again, natives
2: And when you say adventure playground, that's like nature play? Or... Nature
5: play um, The centre of it is the rock again yeah. And we're actually going to put in a rock amphitheatre Nice On a slope And uh, so the kids will be able to sort of be on the amphitheatre, on the rock Sitting, using the area with granitic sand 1200 deep and then it'll go three tiers down to a seven-metre in diameter stage for Perfect. just the, an area for the kids, which transfers into a long riverbed, which will be very dry, very arid, very native. And uh, once again, it, act, it it's interesting because the contrast is over at the school there in the Yarra Valley, it has very, very well-established liquid ambers and okay. all the shade you yep. ever needed. So Lovely. it's going to be an interesting combination sort of putting this big – and it's big, a really big riverbed. I mean, the rocks are going to be up your two metres square and uh, vast areas of uh, pebble but also granitic sand areas so the kids can can play in there.
2: What's the word? Climbing all over the rock and interacting with it. Yeah, and the
5: wonderful thing is the first stage, there was a bit of concern about the plants being um, uh, knocked about by the kids and it took one session with all these children from Grade 2 up to Grade 6 to walk through after it was fully planted with with all your favourites, all your Corriers and, and Eucalypts and whatnot, um, and... They've lost one plant. Mm.
3: Yes. The so it was just look, explaining to the kids how they to look love after them. It. And they love it. They think it's fantastic
5: the and they're, they're enjoying that. But I, I think the wonderful thing is how kids take on board, once again, the pride of mm. it all. Yeah. Mm. They've all done drawings of the, the playground and it's uh, the adventure play of it all is yep. um, phenomenal. Well, and the
1: other thing is that you've just also
5: um, created a habitat for reptiles. Mm. Yep. 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 And, Yep. Which is going to be wonderful. Yeah, perfect. Yep, absolutely. The blue tongues and, and everything else that come in there. And yes. we've done log cabins with with just raw logs and things like that. And we put in a sort of a, a bit of the shop sort of thing. So it's all mulched and there's the cabin and a big bench, really big bench. It's about four metres long. and nice. It's about 600 wide. And we loved it because the children got back in there after the holidays and we thought, oh, they, they play shops and this sort of thing. And no, no, they don't. It's their massage table. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Grade four, the children of the future, <laughs> the children of the future. They all, you know, two or three in in a, in a line, and they massage each other. <laughs> Much, better you can...
2: Much better idea. Much better idea.
3: I
1: wonder where they got that idea
3: from.
2: <laughs> oh, That's fantastic.
3: That's amazing. That reminds me of that uh, the nature play garden outside the uh, Royal Children's Hospital uh, in Melbourne. Except, in... you, ha- John, you have to put that one swing yeah. that said so that big yeah, yeah. round swing you have to put that down at Cranbrook.
2: I'll feed that in That's, <laughs> yeah. we should. We need one of those yeah, yeah.
4: absolutely
3: <laughs> isn't that a fantastic yeah. space it's incredible yes. I, I was there I had to actually drop someone off at a hospital so I was just driving past during the week and it was empty and I was desperate to get in there so um Uh, We went back on the weekend, Loretta and I went back on one weekend, and, of course, there's 18 million kids. And I was (laughs) like, damn I've got to stand in line to go on the swing. But isn't (laughs) it it
2: fantastic that it's not sanitized? Oh, it's fantastic. There is a bit of challenge in that
3: playground oh yeah really, i mean yes. there's there's yes. two meter high um timbers for yeah. them yes. to to clamber across yep. and yes. you know the kids are doing it and the parents are happily letting yeah. them do it well, that's yeah. risk and reward happily, and but,
2: you know yeah yes. learning Absolutely. about all sorts of things oh yeah. gosh yes. yeah, it's tremendous
3: and yeah. the simplicity
5: of of what you can construct i know looking at that which we we were very inspired with although i'd sort of done the first stage of this with julie king um my partner in crime and uh we we had we have a one of the chaps is from up the country and he supplied us with all these huge logs, enormous logs, and we just put them in the ground as totems. Nice. And all they do, and they're planted around with grasses, and they run through them, and it's this, it's simple as that. It's yeah, isn't it? Just but to sort beautiful. Of,
2: yes. Simple is often. It is. The best it way, is. isn't
5: it? It is. It's really good. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, we use um in this playground. It's the honey granite, which is the most beautiful golden, golden coloured granite. And uh, there's there's a double slide coming down in between the planting of a lot of lamandra and rockwork. And of course, what we did learn was all the legality of, of the OHNS. And doing the first stage now, we've got a bit of a, a hold on that. We're yeah, okay. sort of understanding it, and it's a bit of a pain in the neck, um, but. You can still get away with quite a lot yeah. that mm. is still adhering to those um, those things that we have to adhere to. Yeah,
2: I, I, I did wonder with the City of Melbourne, the Return to Royal Park project. It's um, um, the risk assessments, obviously, were done, yes. um, but there are there are some yes. challenging yes. Yeah. bits of kit in that.
5: And, and there's a differentiation between schools, of and public space. Of course, it's quite different because yeah. oh, yes. um, there are parents. Yeah. At schools, yep. and particularly at private schools, who are paying lots of money, yep. and uh, so they're sort of if, if um, Sonny Sunny falls over yep. and gets a grazed knee, oh well, yeah, it's um, you're in trouble. Yep. Even though they're going to do it uh, anywhere else. Anywhere else yeah. Well, the, let, you know, you look at the concrete mm. all around schools mm. and the bitumen, oh, yes. and we're only talking about some rocks, which yeah. is is not any different at all. So uh, we've had we've had great response. One broken arm, right. and that was on the ropes going up the rope. So we think pretty good. No, one yeah, broken arms. Good. That's but they love that's the spark, that, that, right? <laughs> That's probably the most fabulous thing is this incredible respect when you're talking about skate parks. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, they just naturally take pride in it. Yep. They in, incorporate their whole um, psyche around yep. it, really.
2: It's that whole premise that if you value something, you're going mm. to protect it. Yes. And if you understand it, you're potentially going to value it. Yep. Yeah. It? That's, Yeah. It's a, it's a great thing, mm. yeah. Getting kids in, interacting with yeah. with nature yeah. is uh, it's a noble pursuit. Good on you. Yeah. nice Thank project.
5: You. Thank
1: you. <laughs> okay, we're going to uh, Elspeth next. Good morning, Elspeth.
0: Good morning. I'm just reading to let you know that the basket makers of Victoria are having a stall, a Christmas stall at the atrium in Federation Square on Friday this Friday the 11th from 10 till 3. All right. Um, we've been making baskets mainly out of natural materials and I've been making some Christmas wreaths out of the eucalyptus cesia. Nice. There'll be some beautiful things and you'll be buying them from the people who are making them.
1: I hope someone's going to be actually demonstrating making, are they? I don't think so. Oh, that's a shame. <laughs>
0: Um, we've been having a workshop, a little workshop in Federation Square, once a month. I think on a Monday all through the year, for mm-hmm. a couple of hours where people have been able to learn different skills. All right, and they've been incredibly supported. It's been very busy. The last one that they held in November, I went to, and there were about thirty people there.
2: Fantastic. Right. Just what's, what's, amazing. What sort of materials are you using for for, for the basketing?
0: Um my favourite poker. Uh
2: as in the red hot poker nypophia. Yes. Yeah, okay. Yes. Um poker. Oh now you can put
0: me on the spot. <laughs> oh sorry. <laughs>
2: I've been doing a bit of that today. <laughs>
0: um cord Okay. Lots and of strappy plants. Yeah, yes.
2: Any of the mat rushes, the Lamandras and things yes, like yes, that. Yeah, great. Lots
0: of people like those. Um but Tristina Draco.
2: Oh, wonderful. That's nice and fibrous.
0: Um, some people have got their hands on some willow. Okay. Uh, but all sorts of things. Lots of grasses, lots of woven things, some stitched. Some people make things out of old wire that they find. Lovely. Lots of scrounged materials that people throw out.
3: And, Elspeth, can you use similar techniques with a range of different materials? Oh,
0: yes. Yeah, okay. Yes. It just depends on... Um, how pliable the material is, whether you would have to soak it for a short amount of time or a long amount amount of time. The preparation just varies according to the material. Great. Fantastic.
1: So, Elspeth, um, are these workshops going to be run again next year? They are. So um, if people would be interested in going along to a workshop, um, how would they find out about
0: it? Possibly the Basket Makers of Victoria website.
1: Right. Can Um, you give
0: that address out? It would be Basket Makers of Victoria. Okay.
2: Maybe just pop that in a search engine. Just in yeah. a
0: search engine. Or um, maybe after Christmas have a look at the Federation Square workshop because they will tell you about what's happening there and the, the workshops I think are listed, but I don't think we've worked out what we're offering next year yet. Oh, okay. Excellent. So, so I'd say Basket Makers of Victoria would be the workshop. That'd be the yep. yeah. website to look at. Thank Wonderful. You. Okay. This Friday from 10 till 3. Fantastic.
1: Thank you so much. Thanks. Bye-bye. As I mentioned, we're running through until 9.15, so if you want to quickly jump on the phones and give us a call, we'd love to hear from you. That number is 94190155. you brought in a couple of things, Aby, which we haven't, spoken about
3: well I have and yesterday it was so hot I went and jumped in the river and uh, while I was there that familiar minty smell mm-hmm. came wafting through to me and so I brought this in it's um, a river mint basically which is mentha australis fantastic and um, if you can pass it around and just <laughs> smell that beautiful oh, minty smell which written. is glorious yeah, it's really written. nice yeah. down it's penny royalish th- yes it well, is yeah. I think
5: of penny royal when I think of yeah yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm.
3: and um, it was interesting because I was looking up its distribution, and it's in. It has a really weird distribution. It's in every state except WA, but it goes right inland and right up into Northern Territory inland, which is, to me, is quite bizarre. Because you sort of, I imagined it being in you know the shady, cooler areas that you know along streams and rivers and whatnot. Because it grows right in the river. Yeah. Um, You know, it's trailing down with the current, which is lovely. River river mint. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. And um, I mean, you can use it exactly like normal mint. It Mm. is. It is an edible and edible plants so um and yeah obviously would like very wet conditions very moist conditions could keep it in a bog garden something like that
5: and would you say that um i mean these things are always a great indicator of the health of our environment and our rivers and things also so i, I wonder um well the more vigorous it is the healthier the river or, or depending on where you are swimming on the yeah. yarra
3: well just down at, yeah. at my place in yeah. Bend of Islands. Um however, there's also this one and I brought it in hoping one of you guys would be able to ID it because I um a couple of years ago I thought this was producing the smell and it's um it sort of almost looks like a big version of it of the um river mint but it's um it has little white flowers and no smell at all and that's also does that Come ring up. a bell within I've either up. of you? Any of you? Um, yeah, that's – just talking about the health of the River Loretta, I'm, yes. I was just actually wondering if that was a weedy one because that is very vigorous down there. And, um, yeah. yeah, I, I want to bring some up to the um, the pond. We've got a couple of ponds and baths, what, not holding water, and I want to bring them up. But, yeah, I'm mm. not sure whether I should or not. Don't know. It's very succulent. It is. Yes, yes. yes. yes it yes. is. But um, because that's quite – in abundance down there and with these little white flowers it's, you know, very easily spotted but these little mint is the what you can smell yeah. when you go down there so it's, yes. it's not, yeah. not that yeah. plant, plant. So that, that may is.
5: be needing um, movement?
3: Yeah, maybe. Yeah. yeah. yeah I mean, yeah.
5: thinking of your pond, which yeah, I know quite yeah, well, yeah. I'm thinking
3: a bit stagnant compared to be, being yeah. on the river. Yeah, would you need a bit of movement
5: for it. Yeah, yes.
3: But um, yeah, just an interesting, nice uh, water one. Mm. Yeah. Mm. So what have you got? Beautiful. You've got quite a few in your pond.
5: What have I got? No, 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 no. I can't <laughs> remember
3: anything. <laughs> My mind is Well, you've is got the that's the tall um, papyrus. Papyrus. Yeah, that's so spectacular, yes. isn't it? And it I think really it's
5: Marsilia. Is. Uh, Marcia, The, oh, the, the Nadu. The, yeah. The, yeah. Drum, or something. Yes, yeah, yeah, the yeah. Sticks, isn't it? Something sticks. But it's, yeah, they're they're as wonderful as ever. But I have them um, in bog gardens. As you know, they're sort of separate. The water can come and lap into them. But yes. But they are very boggy.
3: Yes, yeah. Which is... Is
5: what they love.
3: Mm.
2: Mm. So I, I think we've drawn a blank on the ID. Yes. Right. yes.
3: Damn you, I just I went to
2: something and it wasn't it. It's so <laughs> frustrating,
3: isn't it, sometimes when you're trying to ID a plant, especially if you don't know the family. it's Yeah, mm. yeah it can get very um, very confusing. But, mm. but, um,
2: but that river mint distribution, it's interesting. It, 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 it probably follows the um, distribution of Eucalyptus camaldulensis. Yeah, potentially. maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Although, Although kind of Mildy lens is, is all over, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
3: But, um, it, yeah, it was really quite strange. It was just this – I mean, if people looked online, you could see in the – I think it's the Australian plant um, it. website that shows the distribution map and it's um, – yeah, it's just this great big – Blob that kind of goes up the east coast of Australia and then inland wow, right okay. into Queensland and Northern Territory, back down South Australia and mm. and Victorian Tassie. It's yeah, quite quite strange. And I wonder how that's used in an indigenous sense. Um, I, I know with, it was, with food. Yeah, mm. it's definitely definitely used um, mm. as as a bush tucker food. And um, yeah, and I thought oh, I'll start adding it to my smoothies. Yeah. Um, now very I know nice. specifically which one it is. Yes. This is well, I
5: wasn't yes. adding that yeah. other random, random plant to the mix, yeah. Yes. Yeah. So what Cranbourne, what um, is there in the way of that uh, bush tucker side of things?
2: Uh, there's, there's certainly um, – we've we've got a, a, a whole garden called the How-To Garden, which is yep. looking at um, – in a in a design sense, it's, it's looking like a produce garden, but it's just using Australian native plants. So we've got one particular garden that, that – puts an emphasis on, okay. on, on that right, yeah. um, and then there's obviously you know wild foods and aboriginal plant mm. use mm. All, dotted all the way through the garden yes, yes.
4: Um,
2: we're looking at developing a, a trail to that end okay. um, but the how-to garden is kind of the concentration of that so there's things in, in, yeah. in raised beds so we've got river mint and we've got yes. things like warrigal greens and a, a, a bunch of subtropical trees you know yes. things like lemon aspen mm. and davidsonia's and and those those okay. types of things and and some the, of the refugee, some
5: of the um, you, you know, inhabitants in the Cranbourne area, thinking once again outside of that sort of the uh, skaters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but once again, wondering what that is in in relation to the volunteer side of things. And
2: look, there's all sorts of potential. Mm. I, I, I think I think the the that um, Karen project at at, at, at wherever you use it, inspirational, yeah. and it does make you think about. You know, we've got Dandenong, which is you know pretty close mm. to, to, to the Royal Botanic Gardens. Yeah, yeah strong Cranbourne migrant proximity area. And it huge. could
3: just be a transport issue. I mean if you yep. ran a bus, yep. you know, I don't know, once yep. a week, once every two weeks yep. or something like that. Yeah, for sure. You could find it would be very popular. Isn't yeah. it interesting because
5: you it's sort of about the hub. Yeah and, it is about and the, the hub
3: being yes. that
5: something so you might have that situation where you create the skate side of things. Well those children very often are also not integrating. With immigrants, refugees, and, and and so you know to actually be able to do some blending of that sort, so they're understanding their environment, their nature, um, they're understanding you know people. Yeah, mm. which we've
2: is really in, huge. We, increasingly, we've been getting on weekends Afghani people coming through yes. for the, the the gardens. There's yes. a, a burgeoning Afghani community in that mm-hmm. southeast corridor. Yeah. Um, you know, that diversity is, is And of is course wonderful. many
1: of many of those people have come from farming backgrounds. Indeed. Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah, yes. yes. Indeed. So there's a there's a there's a, a really good area there to tap yes. into, I would imagine. It's and
5: there's a need. that the the, the need yes. up in Marunda, the Marunda Dam up in the Yarra Valley there. Right. My son and um daughter in law were there recently and they've they've been going there for ever, but they said they hadn't been there for ages. And the whole Sunday that they were there, it was absolutely inundated with immigrants and of, of and you know, people who were born here, of course. Mm. But just in general, they were taking their picnics. They mm. were, and he did, of course, comment that their food was much better than <laughs> <laughs> the old white Aussies. Yeah. Yeah. So it was just, oh yeah, we want to join in there. Yeah. Looks <laughs> fantastic. But there's a need, isn't there? Mm. There's an incredible need for that connection to the environment and and you have come from somewhere else and you're here and you're mm. wanting to engage in that again. Mm.
2: Yeah. yeah, for sure. It's mm.
5: interesting.
3: Sure. I was at the um, St. Andrew's Market yesterday and I met this uh, chap who uh, he actually has a second-hand bookstall, but he also um, has groups where he yeah, has some Aussies who've been here for a while and some immigrants – and so that everybody can get together and get the benefit of each other. And just I was just actually thinking, wouldn't that be amazing having a couple of groups like that coming down to wouldn't Cranbourne it, it? and Absolutely. enjoying the picnic garden and exploring the Australia garden? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It would be quite exceptional. And just, show yeah, showing people um, what you've got down there, basically.
2: And that's the fantastic... Opportunity that presents with our master plan is that we can engineer some some of those physical opportunities for yes, that for, for absolutely. That to happen. Our woodland picnic area, I mean, it's working pretty well at the moment as a bit of a um, uh, uh, a play area, but f- wonderful opportunities for mm. f- to diversify on that and actually do some of that yes. you know, quite challenging nature play and.
4: Yes. Yes. Um,
2: uh, yeah, mm. There's, there are lots and lots of opportunities for mm. for the Cranbourne Gardens to be that 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 hub. Yeah. Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. yes,
4: but absolutely.
2: I- increasingly, that's been the case. When when there was a fee to get into the Cranbourne Gardens, it was a a, a certain type of person. Were, you know, yeah. very much garden mm. lovers were the people that mm. were that were arriving. So our visitation is diversifying yeah. uh, every fantastic. day, which yeah. is great. Yeah.
1: So um uh maybe maybe it would be possible to tap into things like um any public housing that's in the area any community uh, Centres that yep. are in the area, local councils. Um, you know, if if you decide to run with this and really, really try and engage with people who may have never been inside the gardens.
2: Yeah, you know there's a bunch of Cranbourne people that still don't know that the Cranbourne Gardens is there, or if it's or if mm. they know it's there, it's not something which is which is accessible, e- accessible and, yeah. yes, per se. Mm, yes, yeah. So you know, transport and accessibility are a really big exactly. That's that's mm. already coming through as a really strong thing. Yep, brilliant. Is you know at the moment, yeah, you've really to have a car to be able to access the gardens
5: yep
1: yep Um, well you've got lots of opportunities with with this master plan so to um, to inform very exciting facilitate change absolutely yep Yep. we have actually run out of time for yet another week a big thank you to the team who've been on air and also to vicky who's handled all the phone calls this morning we'll of course be back again at 7 30 next week until then
6: bye for now you've been listening to a 3cr podcast